Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Boomers Today with your host, Frank Sampson. Welcome to Boomers Today. I'm your host, Frank Sampson. Of course, each week, we bring you important and very useful information on issues facing baby boomers, their parents, and other loved ones. And uh, as I do uh, on each show, I just want to thank all of you for all your support. Uh, so many of you have uh, shared our podcasts or individual shows with uh, friends and family, and uh, our listeners are growing each and every day because of you. So I want to I want to thank you for that. Uh, so many of you uh, listen to the show on, uh, you know, maybe on your favorite podcast station, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, a lot of them. Some of you have gone right to our website at uh, boomerstodayradio.com. So thank you. Keep keep up the good work. And uh, I know why you're doing that. It's because we uh, have wonderful guests. And I'm not going to disappoint you today. We have with us Dr. Alan Resnick who is a board-certified orthopedic surgeon specializing in arthroscopic surgery and sports medicine. I may need him. Uh, Connecticut uh, Magazine has named him a top doc for more than two decades. He's also recognized as one of America's top physicians uh, by the Consumers Research Council of America. Widely published with over 60 journal articles, Dr. Resnick is also the author of I've Fallen and I Can't, and I Can't, Get up. Can get up. Oh, a guy, you caught me there. I can get up. A guide to fall risk and prevention. He holds a number of orthopedic patents and his uh, personal mission is to help readers, patients, and concerned family members better understand their own road to recovery by sharing decades of his orthopedic medical knowledge. Dr. Resnick, thanks so so much for joining us on Boomers today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I mean, this is a subject matter. Certainly, I'd say my age group, uh, it's probably a daily conversation. And uh, certainly, I know our listeners uh, are, are certainly interested in uh, what we're going to talk about. I, I thought maybe we'd just start out. Uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, your book, which I, I made a mistake because of that crazy commercial, whatever, whoever, whatever product was. I've fallen and I can't get up. But yours is I've fallen and I can get up. Uh, tell us more about the book and kind of who your target audience is. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. So, yeah, so we, we have two books actually we're, talk, yeah. we're going to talk about today. Oh, okay. Great. Right? Remember that? We, we That's got the, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the newest book is the knee and shoulder handbook. Um, ah, the, the, old, okay. the older book is the I've fallen and I can get up. The fallen I can get up, I'll touch on that for a minute. Um, I couldn't sleep well when I kept seeing that commercial. Um, you know, the older person has got the button they're lying on the floor with a broken hip and they can't get up. And I'm thinking to myself, this is as an orthopedic surgeon, this is awful. Um, we need to really focus more on not falling in the first place. I agree. So I wrote, I, I, I was dreaming about it for, it must've been three years in a row. I'd have these dreams about these commercials and I was just, it really bugged me. And I finally said, you know, I got to write the opposite. I got to write this book called I've fallen and I can get up. Problem is when you search for it on Google, 
it keeps giving you the old commercials. You have to look, put my name, Dr. Resnick in there, R-E-Z-N-I-K to find it. Otherwise you won't find it, but it's on Amazon. And, and it's a guide, a separate guide to all the reasons why people fall and how you prevent them. And even when someone falls, how do you diagnose what happened and how you treat it? And it ranges everything from eye issues to ear problems, central nervous system, balance, you know, unable to feel your feet. Could be, could be medications, right? Medications, heart disease. I mean, it covers the gambit and it also talks about safety things you could do in your own home, how to change things around. So that, that's, that's a whole nother show, I think. Um, and I'm happy to do that at another time. But for today, I want to go back to maybe a little bit before that phone book and talk about things that tip offs in the knee and the shoulder that um, are problems that you don't recognize right away that really affect your quality of life. And, and at the end of the day, when you're compensating for a knee or shoulder problem, you're probably more likely to fall and hurt yourself anyway. So they're, they're not disrelated to the same population, uh, but also it affects people from teenagers all the way up to older adults, because we see people with knee and shoulder problems all the time. I know you told me you love pickleball, right. and that's becoming very popular. And for me, pickleball is a little bit of an annuity plan, because we got a lot of knee and shoulder problems coming out of that. So we can talk about that as well. Okay, so let's do it. So let's, let's uh, I mean, I, I've had uh, some knee uh, issues and uh, had several years ago arthroscopic surgery, actually a couple times. And um, so I remember I had what they called water on the knee. This is many years ago. It wasn't a pleasant experience when they removed it, but uh, talk about that. What's water on the knee? What is that? Yeah, water on the knee, the, the, you know, we, in fact, it was just a grand rounds at Yale. I'm, I'm a part clinical faculty at Yale, and we had grand rounds this morning all about arthritis and, and things that cause pain in the knee. And, and the reality of it is, is there's two things your knee can do when it's pissed off at you, uh, to put it in common terms. And one is make yeah. water a fluid, which is the lining produces fluid to help lubricate your knee. And the other is to hurt. And lots of times it does both. It makes water and hurts. The interesting aside about the water on your knee, which people don't understand, when the knee swells, your brain turns your quadriceps muscle off or lowers its, its ability to contract. And the reason it happens is spinal cord reflex, not known by a lot of people, the, the body understands there's something wrong, so it doesn't want to load it up. So then you won't, don't load it up, you have an uneven gait, you perform poorly in sports and so on because there is water in the knee. But rolling back to why there's water in the knee, there's really mechanical issues and chemical issues, right? So the mechanical issues are I tore my ligament, I tore my cartilage, uh, I hit my knee with a hammer by accident, I fell on it. Those are mechanical things. The knee's unstable, it's buckling, it's giving out. The knee will then swell afterwards. Um, sometimes it swells very fast after an injury because you might have chipped the cartilage or tore a ligament and then it's, it, it bleeds, right? You've bled into your knee, that's one kind of swelling. And sometimes you hurt yourself and it swells the next day or 12 hours later and that's synovial fluid is building up. On the other end of it, it's things like gout and rheumatoid arthritis, Lyme disease, all those things can cause your knee to swell. So it's really important for the patient to recognize a chronically swollen knee that's not going away needs to be sorted out. Do I have a chemical problem or a mechanical problem? Both are very treatable, but the swollen knee will limit range of motion, your ability to bend. It will decrease your quads function, which will make your leg weaker over time and probably make it more likely to use, lose quality of life, right? So if your knee is swollen for three weeks and it's not getting better, you really should see an orthopedic surgeon and have it checked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, right. So uh, a lot of these 
issues and people you're dealing with uh, that are, let's just say, uh, elderly people, all right, let's just uh, say that, that uh, have some of these issues. You think this is just thing, uh, or most of the situations, things that just happen over time as they age or uh, recent stuff uh, that, that yeah. happened to them? Yeah, I think I think there's a bit of both. I, I like to tell people, I never tell people they're old. And I hate saying that because yeah, I right, feel like right. I'm getting older myself. So um, well, getting older is one thing. Getting old is different than getting older. Right. I always say there's mileage on the car. Yeah. And right. you can drive like Mario Andretti or you could drive like my grandmother. If you drive like my grandmother, the tires will last forever. If you're driving like Mario Andretti, you might have to have a tire change at some point, a little sooner than later. So um, there's wear and tear and and that everyone gets some of that. Um, some people are probably genetically predisposed to more of it than others. For example, people who are very much knock-kneed or very bow-legged, uh, they tend to wear out unevenly. Just like if you imagine a tire in your car was misaligned at the shop, you'll get uneven wear, right? You go back for a realignment, it helps. So when you're younger and you're very, very bow-legged, like some people have severe bow legs or some people have very, very severe knock-knees and you're young and you're, you're in your 30s and 40s and you're starting to have knee pain, you might be a candidate to get the knee actually straightened. I do actually operations for that. We cut the bone, straighten it out, put bone graft in, fix it, and it relieves a lot of symptoms. If you have a little bit of bowing, some people do well with a brace that unloads the knee for sport, uh, and that works really well. Um, and But those patients should really carefully look at that. If that's starting to bother them and, and they have a really bowed legs or really knock knee, then that's something we should look at separately. The other people, their legs are pretty well aligned, but they may have hurt themselves when they were a kid. Maybe they had torn cartilage or torn ligament when they were younger. And that always goes along with some cartilage damage. And then that eventually catches up with you at some point, no matter what you've done. If you've damaged the knee, it's not going to happen. So to, when you say catches up with you, be a little more specific. What does that mean? It catches up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's say I, I had an ACL tear when I was in my teens and then I had it fixed and I did well and I returned to sport. Um, people don't realize as you tear your ACL, the knee partially dislocates and then it pops back into place. And in that process, it does bruise the bone in the cartilage. And there's some data that shows that that does kill cartilage cells. And um, as a result of killing those cartilage cells, you have less cartilage, viable cartilage for a longer term. So your, your tire is going to wear out a little faster. So if someone's still a heavy athlete and tore their ACL and had it repaired and they're doing great, and still anticipate they might wear their knee out faster than someone who never had the injury. And that kind of makes a lot of sense. You know? Right, right. So, um, you know, if you have a bad tire in your system riding over the potholes all the time or doing moguls with skiing, but you know you have a terrible knee, if it swells every time after you do it, you know you're, you're hurting yourself because your body's saying, hey, I don't like this. I'm trying to try, let me see if I could lubricate my knee. It'll be better. So it makes a lot of fluid. And you say, well, what is that recurrent swelling? Yeah, you, your knee's complaining you know, that you're doing too much and it's letting you know. Yeah. So some, some of the things that I know I deal with and uh, the, you know, I, I mentioned to you that uh, I, I started a company we work with uh, the elderly uh, uh, and uh, adult children. So let, let's, when an adult child is dealing with a parent or other loved one and they're having issues, uh, and I guess it kind of depends what, what kind of issues, but it could be from an old injury. It could be wear and tear, whatever it may be. It, how, how do they like determine, you know, mom's going to be 90 or, you know, 
somewhere in that zone. I don't want to put her, him or her through surgery, but then maybe they're other than that, they're in pretty good health. Uh, they're doing okay for their age. Like how do you determine, yeah. you know, should it, you do surgery? Should, you know, I'm sure every situation is different, but can you give kind of an overall uh, yeah. uh, viewpoint to that? I think the answer to that question has changed over the last 30, 40 years. You know, I started medical school 40 years ago and, and the answer to that question was, yeah, we don't operate on those people. We can help it because anesthesia was the major trouble. You know, you'd give someone 90 years old an anesthetic 30 years ago. A lot of them stayed in your fat for weeks afterwards. They disturbed a sensorium and, and mentally depressed people in, in the sense of function. And, and for some people, they never really recover from that. And certainly 90 year olds, we used to be very nervous about giving them an anesthetic. The anesthetic agents have changed, the safety has changed, the ability to do minimal anesthesia with spinals and epidurals and you know blocks has changed things so much that we now find that the quality of life loss, if someone, let's say mom is uh, got a very, very bad hip and they fall and they break it, instead of fixing that hip, we'll replace that hip because the replacement of the joint will give them better function than just fixing a bad hip. So we did that for the last 10, 15 years. That has become the new standard for broken hips. If the, if the hip joint is really, really bad and the hip fracture is at the ball, we'll replace it because it'll get much better function. And they function better than they did before they fell, which could prolong their lives and make their lives better, better quality. So then taking that forward one more step, if you have someone who's 80 years old who has a very dysfunctional, bad arthritic hip or knee, and you say, well, we can safely replace that knee and improve their ability to walk. And we know if they can walk every day 20 minutes, it's gonna improve their health. Not only have we gotten rid of the pain they've had, but we've actually enabled them to have a better quality of life. And so now we look at someone who's 80 and say, all right, you're only 80. You know, it's kind of funny, you're only 80 and uh, you can't walk. And what's your favorite thing to do is to go on Sunday and walk by the beach you know, with your dog. And even though you only walk a mile every, every Sunday, you know, that's something you look forward to. Or maybe now you want to do it every day, but you haven't done it in years every day because your knee's been so bad. Those patients do really, really well if they're in good health with a knee replacement. Um, and so I think that sometimes we do a disservice to someone who's elderly, not addressing some of those problems. In other cases, maybe the knee is swollen, maybe it's arthritic. We know that the lining tissue and the periphery around the knee is what really gives you pain. And osteoarthritis as well as rheumatoid arthritis can give you lining tissue that's inflamed. So maybe a cortisone shot would be awesome, you know, and give them some temporary relief. Now, the data is really that cortisone gives you, you know, temporary relief and some people that last three months, six months, sometimes it lasts three weeks. But sometimes acutely, it's so painful that doing that really gets them out of that danger area. And then maybe a supplement with an anti-inflammatory medication a little bit, you know, something that's prescription strength, but safer for the stomach, let's say. And maybe between the two and maybe a brace, uh, they're more functional. Maybe a little therapy to strengthen that leg that's weakened because you haven't used it makes them more functional. And even that will improve quality of life. So I think we, we got to hesitate less when the quality of life is drifting away. And it's always better to act earlier than later with some of these things, because sometimes you catch it earlier, the person's healthier, they actually get more value out of it. Okay. We're going to take a real quick break, I promise, uh, just to recognize our sponsor. And we come back, uh, we'll give you the opportunity to tell, to, uh, tell people more about both your books, how they can get them, anything else you'd like to share. And 
then I, I, I want to uh, talk more about what you brought up about uh, hips and, mm -hmm. and those that might have broken their hip. And I want to talk a little bit more about that because we deal with that quite often. Uh, sure. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah. So do you know anyone who may be concerned about an older driver? Well, Senior Care Authority's Beyond Driving with Dignity program is a facilitated self-assessment program for older drivers. This program has been designed to serve as a vital tool to facilitate older drivers and their families as they make appropriate decisions regarding the future of one safe driving career. If the individual is a safe driver, an advisor will provide him or her with strategies on how to remain a safe driver as they progress through the aging process. If driving retirement is the appropriate decision, then the individual and their family are offered possible alternatives, resources, and a specific plan to ensure a smooth transition uh, from uh, the driver's seat to the passenger seat. So to learn more, you can go to www.beyonddrivingwithdignity.com or call 877-907-8841 to connect with a senior care authority advisor in your area. So we're back with Dr. Alan Resnick, who's a board certified orthopedic surgeon, and we're talking about uh, all sorts of our, our body and uh, how it sometimes uh, may uh, not uh, may start to fall apart and how he could fix it and others in his field can fix it as, as we age. So uh, uh, Dr. Resnick, uh, I know I brought up uh, uh, one of the books in, in my intro, but I know you have another book. Maybe you could just uh, chat a little bit about both and how people can uh, uh, get the book and anything else you'd like to share. Sure. So um, a couple of things I'd like to share. One is I have a, I do have my own website. Uh, it's drresnick.com. It's R-E-Z-N-I-K. It's an unusual spelling. So if you do anything different, so it's D-R-R-E-Z-N-I-K.com. And on there, I have a lot of patient information, about 18 videos of different surgeries, what they look like on arthroscopy, and you can actually see the little surgical procedures being done. And I have links for the book, and I also have patient safety articles and some other public information stuff, because I've been doing a lot of writing for a number of years for the Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons that have to do with patient safety. Um, so, And then there's some special articles about specific problems. So sometimes you can find some stuff there that you can't find anywhere else. It's helpful, and then you can find links. Both books are on Amazon uh, online, and, and um, you can just go to amazon.com and find my author page and then find the books, or you go to my website and get them. Um, but they're written in a style, um, especially the knee and shoulder book. It's, it's more of the style, I'm having an office visit with you, and I'm trying to unravel the things that your doctor might say to you that you don't understand. There's a glossary in the back. There's little anatomic drawings. There's x-rays and MRIs with circles and arrows. Um, so you can understand if the doctor shows you something, you could find it in my book and then look at it by yourself and maybe get a better understanding. When I wrote the book, the intro, I said, you know, remember peanuts, uh, and the school teachers used to talk to the students and, um, the teachers used to sound like wah, 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 wah. And I found <laughs> that if I say the word surgery to anybody in my office, and I wrote this in the intro of the book that it immediately becomes wah, 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 wah. And uh, everything I say after that disappears. And I ask them next week, remember when I told you this? And they say, no, <laughs> they don't remember. So the book is really all about fixing the wah, 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 wahs. And if you have that experience yourself, I think you'll find it very helpful. Um, getting back to the problems we were talking about, 
Um, I want to touch on, on the next level below the knee replacement, because if you're waiting to get the knee replacement, it may be too late for some people. And other people have things that can be treated differently. So like one of the things that generates pain in a knee is a torn meniscus that's catching, right? Another thing is a bone that's bruised that won't heal. Um, those things can be treated arthroscopically, outpatient surgery, minimally invasive, a very light anesthesia like supercolonoscopy with local, much safer than a more general anesthetic. And so if you have a problem that later on is going to disable you and you're kind of putting it off until you're disabled, it's also a thing, you know, come in early or get it fixed by a more minimally invasive procedure. Don't wait till you need your knee replaced. Oh, I've been holding off for 10 years waiting for my knee replacement, but you know, I could have had something done 10 years ago that would have proved my life and I didn't do it. Um, that's not I mean, a good story. I mean, at what point do you think, because <laughs> I'm, mm -hmm. I'm one of those people, right? Yeah. So at what point do you think, hey, go in and, you know, have this checked where it's just, I mean, I have pain, for example, uh, but not like pain all the time. But And, and I had... Uh, uh, surgery, you know, done uh, some years back, but, um, you know, I, I, all my friends, oh, you're going to have to get it replaced. I, have to get it repl I, I don't know if I have to get it replaced, but, uh, but at what point do you, you, you well, that's always surprising to me. Like sometimes I see people who come in and you take an x-ray and the knee is really shot and they have no pain at all. And I, you, you can't figure that out. Right. Okay. And then right. you have other people, their knee barely looks like there's anything wrong and they have terrible pain and, and you don't really know why. So, I mean, if, if the knee cartilage looks good on x-ray and you have continued pain, it, it, it's worth trying some simple things, you know, anti-inflammatory cortisone shot, therapy, those things first. And then if those things don't work um, and you give it a good call, try getting an MRI to see if it's one of those simple things that, okay, yeah, you have a torn cartilage, it catches every once in a while and you get that out of there, you'll feel better. Or there's a loose body that's moving around and get that out, you'll feel better. Or there's a big bone bruise and if I can get that to heal, you'll feel better. Those are, those are things. And the shoulders, same way. People, the people come to me for shoulders. Very funny. I have a torn rotator cuff. It'll drag for a long time. But at some point, people with shoulder problems tend to not be able to sleep at all. They can't get comfortable at night. And they come to me only when they're not sleeping. They go, how long is it hurting? Three years. Says, why are you here today? I can't sleep anymore. So can you reach to the shelf and get the coffee cup out of the way? No, I can't do that. But that's been two years of that. You know, but now I can't sleep, so it's terrible, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, if you can't reach the cup of coffee off the shelf without pain, sometimes that's a more minor problem to treat. And a little cortisone shot, some therapy, and also anti-inflammatory for that may work great. Or you may have the beginnings of a retired cuff tear. If they treat it early, it's not going to turn into a big one. It'll be easier to treat. The recovery will be much faster. So, again, you know, it's it, if something's nagging for three to six weeks, okay, fine. If something's recurrent and it's three to six months and, you know, it, and you do, you know, you're stopping certain things because you know it bothers you, maybe look into that. Maybe there isn't anything we can do, but maybe there is something we can do. And if we can, you know, maybe it makes a big difference to you at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah. So I want to go back to um, uh, hips. And the reason I want to bring that up you know, when I, when I started in the business in the senior care industry, there's been a perception and there's still somewhat of a perception out there, which you made a statement before that may not be true anymore. And that is somebody breaks a hip. I'm talking somebody older, uh, a little more frail, they break a hip. And then, you know, everybody says that's the end. I mean, they're just going to go downhill from there and it's over. Yep. Right. Yeah. How, uh, 
is is that it doesn't seem based on what you said before that has to be true and and why was that why why was it that or why is it still that perception yeah this is this is always the chicken and egg question right which came first the chicken or the egg and i always say it's the rooster so <laughs> <laughs> but it's but um and 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 the reality is sometimes people fall and break their hip for reasons that have less to do with the hip right they're medically failing. They're losing their balance. Their electrolytes are out of whack. They've had a cardiac arrhythmia. There's a million reasons to fall that um, have nothing to do with the hip. And the bones are osteoporotic already. They're older, the bones are osteoporotic. Other people fall because the hip is so weak and the muscles are weak and the muscles are fatigued. And they fall because the actual the hip cracks and then they fall, right? So those are two different scenarios, right? The problem is the if the hip is a symptom of something that's bad underneath, so like you're very osteoporotic, your body's fragile, you're out of shape, things are not going well, your balance is poor because you, you know, there are a million reasons for that and your electrolytes are out of whack and you have heart disease and blah, 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 and you break your hip. Yeah, the stats are not that great because the hip is the tipping point of things are so bad I can't even walk normally without falling and hurting myself, right? And so those patients are, are in bad shape for a lot of reasons other than the hip. And the hip is just the tip of the iceberg, if you will. And yes, you break your hip, the prognosis is poor in a lot of those cases. On the other hand, if you trip over something, you're reasonably active, you have a little osteopenia and you break your hip and you have maybe some arthritis underneath and you go ahead and get your hip replaced, that's gonna solve a lot of that problem because the probably reason you trip and fell is because you had arthritis in the hip in the first place. So if you separate those two different types of hip fractures, you're gonna see probably different outcomes. So, but in the old days, most hip fractures were really people who had so much going on medically, they really couldn't manage ambulation. And, and, they've, and the story is the predictor of a hip fracture is falling and breaking your hip, wrist the year before. So someone falls, breaks their wrist, and then when the next year, the likelihood of breaking their hip is higher, right? And it's not because the hip is bad per se, it's because you're osteoporotic and you're prone to falling and you're prone to falling because you have other medical issues that are affecting your ability and balance and the rest of your sensorium and everything else. So it's a package deal, right? Now, if you start to unpeel the medical issues, okay, there's an arrhythmia that's not in control. We have great drugs for that. Okay, your, your electrolytes out of whack. You need to take Gatorade once a day, you know, whatever it might be, or, or your protein levels are so low because you're poorly nourished and everything's not working right. Uh, or you have the beginnings of kidney failure, whatever it might be. If you can unravel all the medical problems and treat those well, and we can treat so many of them now and fix the hip, um, your prognosis is probably better. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that. Um, so what advice can you give? And I know you talk about it in your book. I don't expect you to give it all away. We want people to go out and get your book. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, as far as advice uh, that you can give to people uh, on some of the questions they should be, you know, when they meet with their doctor, what are the top yeah, questions right. I they do should have a be section asking? The, yeah. yeah, I have a section in the book about what to, how to prepare for a doctor visit. Um, because I think people come unprepared, um, you know, like obviously we, we need to know your medications and other problems you might have, but people also need to help being a good historian. I always say that, you know, 90% of all diagnosis in my field are made with between the history of the injury, the person's medical history, 
and an x-ray, a plain x-ray, not an MRI. And, and that's a little bit of one of my pet peeves is that so many people come to the office, don't I need an MRI? And my answer to them is, well, I've been doing this for 34 years. And if I was wrong all the time, they probably would have arrested me by now. <laughs> you know, right. so, so the reality is I have a very good idea from your physical exam and the findings on the exam, your history, the story of how you hurt yourself, your medical issues, and a plain x-ray. I know 90% of the time what's wrong. And then the question is, in the fine points of getting an MRI, for many patients, it's helping me pinpoint exactly what I might do with surgery and adding in some things you might not be able to see on an x-ray. So if I'm thinking you need surgery for a problem, I might want an MRI. Now, there are the rare occasions you're ruling out a tumor, you see something on the x-ray, you want an MRI or a CAT scan, depending on what it is, there's specialized reasons for both. You might get that study sooner than later if I'm thinking about those things. Um, or it's very obvious you need surgery because your knee is grossly unstable, your, you know, your shoulder, you can't lift your arm at all, and you have an obvious rotator cuff tear. I might get an MRI because we're going to plan for surgery. I might get MRIs quicker in those patients. But most patients, I like to kind of give them a chance to kind of present everything is wrong, figure out what's wrong with them, give them a good talk about the range of possibilities, what's wrong, and the options. Because surgery isn't the right answer for everyone. So I think that people have to come in prepared to understand that their doctor has to help them decide what the next test might be. And that the reality is being the best historian you can and giving it, you know, letting them give you a good exam. I love patients go in my office, they get their x-ray, come back, put all their clothes back on. And I, and I come in the room and I said, you know, I am going to examine you, you know? And they say, you are? I said, yeah, I really need to examine you to figure out what's wrong. And they're surprised sometimes, and I hope that makes me wonder, but you know, a good exam is so important. And even a comparison, like I, I examine both knees every time I see a person for one. I don't examine one. If you're terribly bow-legged on one, one side and you're bow-legged on the other, that means something. If you're bow-legged on one side and not bow-legged on the other, it means something else. So, um, yeah, and then the patient tells you, oh, by the way, I had a tibial plateau fracture when I was 17 years old and never got treated. So you didn't tell me that before. Oh, yeah, I didn't think it was important. So... <laughs> So, you know, so I learn a lot from patients uh, by examining both limbs. And I had one the other day, they had a terrible squamous cell tumor on their forearm and they wanted, they were supposed to have surgery. And I said, wait a minute, has anyone looked at this? And they said, no, I said, you should. And I came back three months later, he had Mohs surgery, he had the tumor removed. It was a squamous cell tumor in his arm. And now that's all cleared up. He can now have a surgery for his knee. But, you know, wow. people yeah. have stuff they don't show people and some of it's important. So yeah, you know, let your so. doctor examine you and be a good historian. If there's something else that bothers you, show it to them, you know. Great. Great. Dr. Alan Resnick, thank you so much uh, for joining us on Boomers today. Check him out at uh, Dr. Resnick, D-R-R-E-Z-N-I-K.com, right? I did it right? Yes, that's correct. Got it. R-E-Z-N-I-K. Thank you so Great. much. Thank you. Everybody be safe out there. We'll talk to you all soon. You've been listening to Boomers Today with Frank Sampson. To learn more about today's show, visit boomerstodayradio.com and join us next time for another edition of Boomers Today. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.